First of all, I have to say thank you for coming back for a second helping. I appreciate that. He reigns above it all. What a fantastic, I love that song. He reigns above it all. And of course, it's not, it cannot be just a theory. We cannot just stand and sing that before the King of Kings, can we? It's got to, it absolutely has to apply to each one of our lives. He has to be king over my life, over everything. He has to be the one that rules. And hallelujah, that this is a kingdom that isn't going to come to an end and another king is going to come and it's all going to change, but he reigns above it all forever. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're looking at uh, the theme of being in Christ. And last week, we, we, we looked at uh, yeah, what, what it actually means for each one of us to be in Christ. It's one of those theological terms that we need to get to grips with and understand in practice what that means. Um, and over the, this week and next, we're going to look at how we grow into that because it's not just a passive thing that we can accept. There's growing to be done. Um, but before we pick up on, on that, uh, by the way, I'm very glad that I'm going first with Harry coming next week, because there's quite a lot of overlap in what we're going to say. So I've got first crack at it. Um, what I'm going to do, there's, there's a couple of things that we didn't cover last week in our identity in Christ. So I'm going to spend a bit of time just unpacking two more illustrations of what it means to be in him, okay? And then we're going to look in more detail about how we grow into that, particularly in the church, as a church group together, how we're going to grow. And then Harry will be unpacking something on a more individual basis, I believe, next week. Okay, that's where we're going. So we talked last week, do you remember, about being in the plane. It's like being in Christ is like being in the plane. We thought about how when we accept him into our lives, it's an automatic thing. You just become part of the plane. You're on the plane. And, and we just have to... Everything that happens in that, that plane, the, the power of it all comes from the plane. It's not ourselves. We don't have planes where we have to do some pedaling to get the thing going, thank goodness. I've been in planes that were nearly like that when I grew up in Bolivia. But, um, but it's, it's all Jesus. He's done everything. He saved us, redeemed us. We talked about he's forgiven us. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he's going to take us in him into destinations that we would never be able to reach under our own strength. Yeah? Hallelujah. We've been chosen. We've been predestined. We've been redeemed. We've been forgiven. The word that's in there is lavished with the blessings that he has for us. But the important thing is that on this flight that we're on, we can't be passive, can we? I think a lot of, of Christians, I suspect a lot of Christians, once you've done the package, once you're on the flight, it's really nice just to sit back and let the angels come and, and serve you food and spiritual drink and, and maybe you read the in-flight magazine a bit, yeah? Um, but you're just, you're just basically 
glad you're on the plane. It's absolutely fantastic, a life with Jesus. Um, but, but there's more to it. That can't be just our framework. Yeah, we're not in this just to sit back and let the Lord do all the work for us. We're called for a purpose. Um, so, so the what that we looked at last week, what it is to be in Christ, was all those wonderful blessings. And we touched on also the how that came about when we broke bread together. And we just thought about the awesome cost that that flight ticket was for you and me. His, his death. We touched on that. It, that. That is such a precious thing. We don't ever want to lose sight of it. And that's why we break bread constantly to remind us this plane ticket cost everything for him for us to be on that flight. We must never forget it. So now we're going to ask, why? Why, did, why were we bought that flight ticket? What's the big plan? And I think most people would say, well, it was because he really loved us. And that's true, isn't it? He really loved us. In fact, it said in the verses we read in early Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 1, um, it said, in love he predestined us. He loved each one. Incredibly, he loved you before you were born. He knew what you were going to be like. He knew the character you were going to have. He knew how much you were going to totally mess up sometimes. And yet, he loved you and predestined you to be his son. It is all about love. Um, I was reminded of a song we used to sing a long time ago. How precious, O Lord, is your unfailing love. We find refuge in the shadow of your wings. We feast, Lord Jesus, on the abundance of your house and drink from your river of delight. In you is the fountain of life. Life with Jesus Christ is utterly amazing, isn't it? Isn't it awesome? What a great God he is. His love. What a privilege we have to live in that love every day. Uh, yeah, we must never just get used to that. You sit back on your flight and just enjoy things. No, you, you are the, the love of God got you onto that flight. And we know that there's more to it. So, let's just touch briefly on God's big secret about why he did it all. And that is in Ephesians. In fact, just about every verse we need to know seems to be in Ephesians somewhere. I love the book. Um, this is Ephesians 3.10. And Paul lets us into what he calls a mystery. And when Paul says about a mystery, it's something that the Old Testament doesn't really reveal. It's kind of hidden. Angels and powers didn't know about it. And when Jesus came, something special was revealed about the plan of God. And in verse 10, it says, His intent, God's intent, was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's the big plan. 
I love that. It's through the church. It's an important thing. Each one of us as an individual is important to him. But God's big plan is something much bigger than just you and me. It's the church of God. In Hebrews, right at the beginning, it says Jesus is the radiance of the Father's glory. What a great verse. Jesus is the radiance of the Father's glory. And here, what he's saying is, and the church is the radiance of the Father's wisdom. The amazing things that God does, his plans, his purposes, are to be revealed in the church. The church is the radiance of the Father's wisdom. I love the word manifold. It means multifaceted. The multifaceted wisdom of God. There's so much to him, isn't there? You, you, we get sort of, we read a verse, and we think, oh, that's wonderful about God. And then a little while later, we find another verse. That's wonderful about him. We've got so many different songs about all the multifaceted wonder of knowing him. Yes? So many things. God can't show all of that through one individual. He needs us collectively to be the radiance of all that he is. And for us, it means in Southport. It means around here, we want this place, don't we, this church, to be a radiance of all that the Father is and does and plans. Yeah? We need to be that. And can you imagine if that really, really began happening so that the average person in the street says, there's something awesome happening at the community church because it's showing that the, I'm understanding something about God. There's something really amazing happening there. God dwells there. There's awesome things happening. And I want to get there to find out more about it. The church is the radiance of the wisdom of God. So the Father, then we could say, made a way through Christ for us to be part of the church. He's put us on the plane. So that Christ could demonstrate the awesomeness of God through the church to the rest of the universe. And if that's God's big plan, then it doesn't make sense for us to believe that we can just be individuals and sort of just go off on our own route. Every, we know, because it's, it's something we talk about a lot, that God has got a plan for every life that comes to him, yes? Every one of us can say, what's your plan for me, God? Because he has got a plan for each one. But wouldn't it make complete nonsense if God's plan for you was to go in this direction, while his big plan for the church is to go in that direction? It fits in. Your, the plan God has for your life must fit in with the plan God has for the church. For that, you've got to be part of what God is doing amongst his people. We can't just be lone rangers in him. We, we, we wouldn't fit the plan. And you can't possibly on your own display the manifold wisdom of God. So we're going to look at two illustrations that show us that we're part of God's purposes in his church. They're also in Ephesians. And then we're going to look at how we grow into that as a body together. All right? Right, so Ephesians 2, chapter 19. I'm hoping these are coming up on the screen. They are. That's marvelous technology. Look at that. 
was half expecting it to be a picture of a rabbit or something. Now look at this verse. This is great. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. The whole building being put together by him grows into a holy sanctuary in the Lord, and you also are being built together into God's dwelling place in the Spirit. I, I, I love the character of Paul. He gets, he's so enthusiastic about what he's writing that you can see these ideas tumbling out, can't you? Faster than he can write them, or his scribe, perhaps if he had a scribe, could write them. The, the, so the scribe is writing frantically. Right, citizen, citizen. Yeah, it's a city. The church of God is like a city. Oh, and then Paul says, no, no, it's, it's, it's different from that. It's a household. It's the household of God. So almost crosses out city, hasn't got time to cross it out, so it stays in there. And he says, it's household, it's the household of God. And then Paul says, no, no, it's, it's more than that. It's like we're the actual building. And there's a foundation and there's a cornerstone that's Jesus Christ. And each one of us, we're being built into him. Yeah? But all those three pictures are great. We're going to concentrate on the last one. But just that first one, in Hebrews, it says to us, you, I don't think it's up there, I've just got it written down here. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Hallelujah, right? That's us. We've come to that, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and you've come to thousands and thousands of angels in joyful assembly. We look around here and there's, how many of us, I don't know, 80 say. Thousands and thousands of angels have been joining with us this morning. <laughs> it would have been deafening if they'd sort of switched the volume on down here. Thousands and thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You've come to the church of the firstborn, the inheritors of the kingdom. Hallelujah. The firstborn son, Jesus Christ himself. To the church of the firstborn, whose names, hallelujah, are written in heaven. I just, I love the fact my name, Malcolm Bissett, is written in heaven. Never going to be rubbed out. He's never going to forget about me. It's written down there. Hallelujah. Same for you guys. Yeah, your name written down there in heaven. So that's the city part of it, which is fantastic. But then he says, no, it's more like a household. It's more like a family yeah, because there, when we come into Jesus, we receive all the shelter and the care and the fellowship. We're actually living with Jesus. We're in his house. How awesome to spend my entire life in this spiritual dwelling where, where Jesus is in there. And I can just come to him whenever I like, and he feeds me, he clothes me, protects me. Who's going to come into Jesus' house and bother me? Yeah? The guy's got massive angels on the door. Yeah? Nothing can come. Nothing can separate us. Who can bring any condemnation or judgment against us? Because we're in Jesus' house and he's looking after us all. How awesome that is. But then Paul says, no, no, it's different from that. It's, it's better than that. We're actually the building. And he's taking each one of us like bricks, like I don't know what else goes into a building. I presume more than bricks. Tiles, roofs, things, 
we've all got this amazing part to play in the body of Christ. In the, that's the other, in the building of Christ, yeah? We're all, we're all part of him. We've all got a part to play. So the plan God has for your life, a big part of it is you are in the building and your place is, and each one of us needs to find our place in that building, our part to play. Okay, and when, sometimes when you see new buildings that have been put up, new housing estates and so on, there's, there's bricks sort of randomly scattered around. In fact, there is in my house, and mine's a Victorian one, so there's still bricks that nobody's picked up. Um, but, but God didn't call you to be a brick just lying over there on the ground somewhere, did he? You're, you're part of the building. You've got to be in there in the building. You can't fulfill your, you know, my calling in life is just to be a bit of a brick, a, a brick here on the ground, because I like to do my own thing. I like to watch things online. I get all sorts of stuff from all over the world and, and so on, so I can really feed myself. You know, I listen to worship tapes sometimes. No, tapes is an old-fashioned thing, sorry about that. We listen to worship. It is great, all the worship that's online, yeah? But God's got a bigger plan for you, Brick. He wants to get hold of you and build you into his church, yeah? To be a part, to have a place, to have a function and a purpose. It's got to be like that. You can't do that online. <laughs> you, you just can't. The Spirit of God has not invented a way for you to live your life online. You with all due respect to the people listening online, don't be offended. I know there's reasons. But, but God wants us to be part of the, the church. He wants us to be here, built together into his place, because that's where the Holy Spirit is going to come and make his dwelling. Oh, I want that, don't you? Yeah. It doesn't happen when the building, you don't go and live in a building when the foundation is just on there. I guess you could pitch a tent, but it's a bit preemptive. You usually wait till the roof's on at least, yeah? And the windows are in and the doors. So we're building this church, and what we really want is the Holy Spirit to come and make his dwelling here so that the people in Southport say, there's something going on there. The Holy Spirit, there's something awesome there. There's something supernatural is going on in that church. You can see the windows glowing at night. You know, something is going on there, and they want to come in and meet Jesus because they know he's here, yeah? Living here by his Spirit. Okay. However, a house is a kind of inanimate object. So Paul's got another example for us, and that is, of course, that we are the body. And this also is in Ephesians here. This is Ephesians chapter 119. Did I put that one up? Yeah, bits of it. I'm going to read from, from a bit earlier on, but it, because it just, it's such wonderful words. It's not really relevant to what we're saying, but it's just wonderful words. He demonstrated this power. That's God's power. That's resurrection power. He demonstrated this power by raising Christ from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above he reigns, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put everything under his feet. Hallelujah. That's, that's just to make absolutely clear. Yeah, The first bit really says it all. 
he's above everything. But Paul, just to make sure that we get it, says, and he put everything under his feet, yeah? And anointed him as head over everything for the church. That, that's almost too mind-boggling to grasp, isn't it? He did all of that. God did that. He put Jesus over everything for the church, for us. For the church, which, it says, is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. If it hadn't been for the inspiration of the scripture, I can't imagine how Paul would have written that. It's so awesome. He says, Christ is, is the head, and the church, the people of God, you and me, is his body, and that makes up the fullness of him in every way. David Oliver is yawning, but he's covering his mouth, so I didn't see. It's for the church, and it's the fullness of him. If you want to experience the fullness of God in every way, <laughs> it's in his body, right? So we're glad we're in it, aren't we? Yeah? You and me, we're in it. Whew. So we're going to experience the fullness of God in that, aren't we? As we grow into him. Hallelujah. Final page, folks. So, about the body. He goes on saying, verse 15, But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Oh, that's one of Paul's sort of mega compressed ideas here. There's just, it, it's like popping candy or something, it's, it, popcorn, it's, it's these ideas, they're all compressed in there, and it's bang, and it's all flying in all directions. There is so much in here. But look, let's just take some of the words. It's different in different versions. I'm sorry, but uh, I wasn't up to reading it to you in the original Greek. But fitted together, right? From him, the whole body fitted together. That word, I won't try and pronounce the original Greek, but it's a fusion of two wonderful words fitted together. One of the words means in harmony. Isn't that good? Yeah, it's the word from which we get harmony. It means that we're all beautifully balanced in together. That's a good thing in a body. I'm glad I haven't got a hand stuck to my foot. It's all in the right place, yeah? It's harmonious. When I move my hand... It's because my elbow's doing what I'm asking it to do. It's all fitted beautifully together. Well, I think it's beautiful. Um, and the other word with harmony is it's, it's, been, it's been closely placed. It's all fitted closely together by the Holy Spirit. He wants each of us to be part of him, closely fitted together. The word there for placed is actually based on the Greek word lego, I rather like that. It's a reference back to the building, isn't it? That you take these different bricks and the Holy Spirit can just build us together, clicking together, just fitting together beautifully. That's the Greek unpacked for just the word fitted. 
There's so much in there. Okay? Fitted and knit together, mine says, or held together means closely bound. Oh, the Holy Spirit wants all of us to be really closely bound together. Really, really close. That's, that's important to him. Um, I read a book a long time ago. I still read it regularly because it's a wonderful book by a chap called Carlos Ortiz. And he talks about it like being, when we first sort of come to Christ, we're like individual potatoes, yeah? Um, we're just sort of sitting there on the board. We're just sort of all individuals, yeah? And, and then the Holy Spirit comes and puts you all into the pot together and we start bubbling away and we begin to sort of interact with each other and bounce off each other and get to know each other a bit in the church. The Holy Spirit's working. But what the Holy Spirit really wants is mashed potato. He wants us all to be so involved with each other, so caring for one another, so, so close together. Yeah, mashed potato love. It's what the Holy Spirit's after. Get rid of the individuality. <laughs> Each man is his own castle kind of thing. You know, we've, got, we've all got our own buildings and things. There's much more that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us as a people, to bring us close together, to knit us together, to get us involved with one another. More that we can do in supporting and caring and ministering to one another, Okay. So that's something we need to look at when we're growing together as a body. The Holy Spirit's got much more to do in that. Held together closely with the, mine says, every supporting ligament. Supporting one another, yeah? The way that this elbow joint is sort of put together and, and the, the flow of blood through it all and, and the way sort of it all works together so perfectly. I haven't got arthritis in it yet. It just moves beautifully and, and exactly how God planned it to. And God wants to fit all of us in together, closely together, articulated together, so that one person's gift complements the other person's gift, yeah? If I didn't have an elbow, I'd find it quite difficult to sort of eat apart from anything else, yeah? Uh, but this, this articulation, this way that we all work together in our different roles is what the Holy Spirit's planning, and uh, it's so exciting to be part of that. Um, and, and it talks about, promotes the growth of the body, everything doing its proper work for each individual part. The, the word working there is the energy, which is the same thing as he's just talked about. It's like the energy that God exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead. There's this incredible energy and power between us all as a church together, yeah? Just like in an elbow, you know, I, I, can, well, I can almost lift two kilograms if I push hard, um, but as, as a church together, as a church together, we can do incredible things in Jesus' name because we're articulated together. And when two people pray together, yeah, we can lift incredible weights. We can do awesome things in God when we work together. Really important. Okay, so I just want to go through... Um, uh, I've got a note saying, if time, if no time, skip this bit. How are we doing for time? I think I'm okay, actually. Then we will no longer be little children. This is verse 14. I don't, I think, don't think it'll come up there, but verse 14. Then we will no longer, this is following on from, 
being a body and working together. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. Um, Theologians have kind of baffled a bit with this because it's a funny illustration. We're no longer children tossed about in the waves (laughs) or the wind. Uh, What? Um, (laughs) uh, May and I went on holiday earlier this year and sitting by a swimming pool, um, the water was really cold, but it was really hot in the sun. So you'd sort of sit there absolutely frying in the sun and think, I've got to get in that pool. And then it would be, oh gosh, it's a bit chilly. Um, though I'm not a good swimmer, I, yeah, I sort of can look, look good for the first three or four strokes and then I get tired and I have to put my feet down and then I look good for the next few strokes and then I put, tired, put my feet down again. Um, but there are little children, of course, bobbing about. They're just having a great time. They're splashing, there's water. They're just so at home in the water. They've got their floats and they can do anything they like. They chase about, they duck each other. They're just having a great time. And there's a sense that we're like that in the church, isn't it? God wants us just to come together and have a good splash, yeah? A bit of fun together. The Holy Spirit loves that, yeah? He shows up for that kind of event. And it's great. We're just, we're there for the splash. But there was one young lady who stood at the edge of the pool and and dived in without really making any movement in the water at all. She just dived in, swam a length, turned around. Come back, 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 back. She just kept going. I kid you not, an hour later I looked up from my book and she's still going back, going back. Beautiful strokes, no splash. Every now and again she'd have to divert around a splashing child and then carry on. She was a mature swimmer. She, she knew where she was going. She knew her goal. I imagine she was counting her lengths or perhaps she was just doing the time and thinking, I'm going to go for this. No matter what, no matter what gets in the way, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to press on and press on and press on. Yeah? She was a mature swimmer. Now, which kind of person in the church do we want to be? Are we just here for the splashing about? Or are we here for the long haul? Are we here with a purpose? I'm diving in, I'm going to swim to the absolute best of my ability, yeah? I'm going to keep going no matter what obstacles get in the way. I'm going to bless Jesus Christ by being an incredible swimmer for him, yeah? I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to be tossed back and forth by doctrine. I'm going to learn the real truth of Scripture and I'm going to apply it to my life and no matter what the enemy throws at me, I'm going for gold, yeah? I'm going to swim, no matter what, for the goal. Okay, in closing, we're just going to have a look at some examples of what a church is like when they're going for God, all right? Um, there's, there's lots of this in the Scripture, but really just summing up, the easiest place is actually to go back to the early church and how they were in the first few weeks and years when, they, when, when it was formed. And it's very common, we know the verses. They are in Acts chapter 2, 42. Since you will know the verse well, I think what we'll do is try and memorize the verse, the, the reference, shall we? So say after me, Acts 
2.42. Acts 2.42. And it says, they devoted themselves, this is the early disciples, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Four things, okay? If we want to grow as a body together, there's four things. not saying that's the exclusive list, but let's go for those things. So I'm just going to outline them very quickly, and maybe we can unpack this a bit more in our connect groups midweek. Devoted to the apostles' teaching. First of all, obviously, we have this. It's got prophets, it's got all kinds of stuff. It's got apostles teaching in it. When Paul writes a letter to the Ephesians, the Spirit writing a letter to Southport Community Church as well. We treat it the same way. God is addressing us, yeah? And we need to be devoted to this. Yeah? The word devoted, um, I was trying to think of an example. Devoted just means I'm not interested in anything else. This is the one for me, right? I am devoted to Mabisit at the back. Totally devoted. There can't be other people. It's, it's just her for me. She's all I need. She's the one. I'm devoted to her. And my life centers around what she wants. <laughs> I'm devoted to her. Now, God wants us not to be kind of interested in or <laughs> spending time occasionally with. He wants us to be totally devoted. And the Holy Spirit has got a checkbox next to your name, and it's just got a checkbox that says, devoted, tick, devoted to the Scripture. Would he put a tick there for you? Devoted to it. You read it regularly, you study it, you're hungry for it, you want to read more. We need to be like that if we're going to grow as a church. But also, of course, we can take it into a more practical kind of thing, devoted to the apostles' teaching, which is what we're doing at the moment. We're, we're having this series because Kerry asked. He's our apostle, and he said, it's really important what the apostle, our apostle, other apostles don't matter, for us, for the church here under Jesus Christ, he has said Kerry's got insight and input into you. Okay, so if Kerry says something, it's really important. That's why it's going to be really important when he comes in a few weeks that we're there because how can we be devoted to the apostles' teaching if we don't know what it is? And to be honest, we don't really care. It'll come through on the Sunday anyway. I, I need to be there if I can to receive that. I'm devoted to it. I want a tick there, devoted to the apostle. But it's not just the apostle, is it? Because the apostle, Kerry, has said that there are men here that he's appointed under him to bring us into maturity and fullness in Christ. So I need to be devoted to them as well. Right? He's got a checkbook devoted to Jeff. Yeah? Am I devoted to their teaching? Am I really committed to? So they're not just coming every Sunday and bringing ministry, but, but that I'm, I'm devoted to working that out in my life in practice. God's looking for us to do that if we're going to grow as a church. Yeah? Um, Great. So when they say, if we're, if we're sort of said, there's going to be a prayer meeting, for instance, 
oh, folks, we need to, we can't say, uh, yeah, but I'm not really interested in prayer meetings. I'm devoted to the apostles' teaching. If they want us to be praying together as a church, I need to be in on it. I need to be part of that. If we're studying identity in Christ, I want to start thinking about identity and applying it into my life because that's devoted to their teaching. I'm not making anything up. It's just what's in Scripture here. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. That was the guys they knew. Yeah, the guys that had oversight in the Lord for them. If the church says we're going to have a time of giving, this time we've got a special offering, being devoted to the teaching of the apostles means I take that on board to be devoted in that. I, I need to be one of the people that gives. Where, you know, you get what I'm saying, don't you? Just throw yourselves into what the church is doing. That's the way for us to grow. And that's the way for each of us to reach maturity. And that's the way for each of us to see the fullness of God and to see God revealing himself here as his dwelling place. We don't want to be kids splashing about. We want to go for it. Um, fellowship, devoted in fellowship. I think it's really great as a church here that generally people say there's a great sense of community. We're not just community in name, are we? But we have got a fantastic community. But like we were saying with the mashed potatoes, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit's got more for us, Yeah. So we need to have a think about ways in which we can foster greater fellowship together, ways in which we can include people who come new into the church and, and really strengthen those bonds between us. Okay. Devoted themselves to breaking of bread. Um, breaking of bread needs to be central to us because Jesus and his death, buying that plane ticket for us, is absolutely central and, and crucial for us. So we need to be devoted to that. But it's a wider thing, really. It's a wider discerning of Jesus Christ and his place here. And I'd just like to stretch it right out to say I'm devoted to worshipping him, devoted to meeting him, devoted as a church. We need to be just devoted to, to seeing God come down into our meetings and presence himself with us, Yeah. Let's hunger for that. Never, ever just come here to sing songs, to sit and listen and just think, that's a nice, I'm in love with Jesus, yes. But something more, hunger to see the Holy Spirit revealed in our midst and doing stuff, yeah? To minister to one another. Let's just take all of that as being the breaking of bread together. Okay. Uh, and then prayer. They were devoted to prayer because without prayer, nothing why, why would God do anything if we're not asking him? But devoted to prayer. So these disciples in the early days, they understood the importance of praying together. Now, all of us can pray individually, yeah? And I'm sure that that's included there. But there's power when we meet together to pray, yeah? Two or three agreeing, but far better when there's a hundred in here agreeing. God is going to do stuff. If we want our church to be a, a radiance of the wisdom of God into this town. And if we want to see him move, we've got to pray together. So I want a tick when the Holy Spirit looks down the list that prayer, Malcolm, yep, tick, devoted. And that means, obviously, when there's a prayer meeting, that's an absolutely crucial time because a lot of the rest of the time, I'm on my own. But, but 
oh, here's a chance to come to that prayer meeting to, to really see heavens moved and amazing things happen because I'm praying with other people. The Holy Spirit shows up at that kind of meeting because that's the way it's been designed that we work as a church to pray together. Yeah? So we turn up to that kind of thing because it impacts the heavenlies when we pray together, when we fast together, all right? Because we're devoted to it, yeah? So in a nutshell, if you and I are devoted to those things, and if we're devoted to Jesus Christ, then the growing is going to happen, yeah? I don't have to think about sort of extending my arm a bit longer so it it grows like that. It just happens if I'm feeding myself properly. And devotion, the Holy Spirit's going to build the building. The Holy Spirit's going to grow the body. All he needs from us is an absolutely dedicated heart to him that's shown in practice by the way we behave together as a people of God, yeah? If we're strong in identity, then we'll be here and doing stuff together in him, and that's going to make us strong in our identity together as a church, and he's going to presence himself amongst us and do amazing things. We're up for that, aren't we? We want that more than anything. Praise his name. Thank you.